Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy old man in his own attic. Actually, on a beautiful day. What day? How many days? We'll bond. 79. My God. 79. 79. That's right, 79. Ooh. We are going to begin today with multiple reports today about trouble in the bubble. As yeah. many as 200 players may be on a conference call tonight to air grievances about restrictions to their lives in the proposed Orlando bubble. Howard Beck of Bleacher Report says that as many as two-thirds of the top 40 players would refuse to play under the proposed restrictions and that Kyrie Irving, of all people, has emerged as a leader in all this. Wilbon, what does this tell you? Yeah, it's about the only thing he's been able to lead, if he lead in this. Tony, um, there are concerns. There are serious concerns about how you function in this. Um, how you, how, who's allowed in? Who's not allowed in? Are you allowed out? How do you see your family? But, Tony, here's what I keep going back to. And, and I think by later today, by tonight, we're going to get a clearer picture of this. So far, we've heard mostly people who are on fringe teams, who if you took the top 16, wouldn't even be in because Portland wouldn't be in. So, therefore, Carmelo Anthony's opinion about this wouldn't matter if his team was not going to be in, but his team is going to be in under the current structure. But, Tony, have we heard from... LeBron James's team? Have we heard from Kyrie Irving's team? Have we heard from Giannis Antetokounmpo's team? These are the same questions I, I asked yesterday. This is serious. Players have, and it's reasonable to say, hey, what are, what are we getting ourselves into? The, the one reason I didn't like hearing about 22 teams, it's six extra teams. It brings another couple of hundred people in. As far as I'm concerned, start with eight. Start with four from each conference. That shortens the time. It lessens the number of people which lessens the concern, Tony, at least in theory. So I think we're going to hear a lot about this, but I want to hear what the players think who have a real shot at winning. Kyrie Irving, if Kevin Durant said he was going to play, Kyrie Irving be singing a different tune, in my opinion. I want to hear what the players who have a chance to win have to say. So my opinion is different than yours. Um, My opinion is that if this goes down the drain, It is a terrible indictment of the leadership in the NBA, of Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts. Because what have they been doing for three months if they didn't have a plan? They apparently didn't talk to the rank and file. The NBA is the league of harmony. The NBA is the league where the players get along with everybody. The baseball players are laughing now because everybody was blaming the baseball players for a while. If this doesn't work, it says to me, you didn't, you didn't count the house. You did not count the house. How could you not have plans that encompassed what happens if players don't want to do this? I'm, I'm stunned at it. I'm stunned well, at it. Tony, I really am. I, first of all, you're taking a big leap. You've you've gone straight to if this doesn't work. I'm not going there. I said if because I think I'm saying yes. Yes, yes I'm saying yes. That's a big if. I mean, you've also set up the baseball players as laughing at people when the baseball players don't have jack, and we don't know if this latest plan we're going to talk about means anything. So I'm not going there. I will agree with you that first of all, Tony, a lot has happened since the plan was put in place. Okay, Minneapolis happened. So the world changed again. We talk about the world changing because of COVID-19. The world changed again 
you know, because of George Floyd and all of the aftermath to it and players feeling differently in the last 15 days than they felt previously when the Orlando plan was being put in place. So when the world changes, I'm not going to ask Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts to anticipate social unrest throwing the world into havoc. That, that, that's insane. The players in the NBA have been talking. The conversations have increased. And now they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do in this new light which is absolutely fair, and it speaks to being plugged in and being current. I don't know that it's not going to happen, but you're going to have to satisfy maybe a larger number of players than you thought and in a different way than pre-Minneapolis. Okay, I give you all that, but they didn't count the house lately. Other things have happened, and there the players are apparently not ready to go. Kyrie Irving emerging as a leader is a wow to me. He does a he's not playing this year and B, he has destroyed teams. And now he, he could take the league down as far as I'm concerned. I will say this anecdotally that where I am, where I live, people who deliver the mail, people who drive trucks recognize me as they recognize you. Every question is this question. When is basketball going to start up again? That matters. Live yes. team sports in America matter. Yeah. They matter. I am surprised yeah. at this. I am. Um, I, I'm surprised, Tony. I think we're informed by this. I think this is a lesson. I mean, you can't say one day that people are having difficult dialogues and the next day say, oh, I'm stunned that people are having a difficult dialogue. The difficult dialogue permeates I'm, every I'm industry, including professional basketball. I did not think it would go here. Yeah that what appears to be a preponderance of players, if these numbers are correct, are having second thoughts about playing at all. I was under the impression, and I thought you were too, that the players wanted to play. Well, the preponderance of players are going to have a phone call. It doesn't mean they've changed their minds. It doesn't mean they don't want to play. The preponderance of players, apparently 200 or so, would be half the league. They're going to talk. That doesn't surprise me, because they talk. It ain't necessarily like other leagues. We'll move to coronavirus issues, Tony, in the NFL. Ravens coach John Harbaugh says the guidelines his team has received from the league on how to reopen their training facilities are humanly impossible. Tony, will the NFL and its players just need to embrace a lack of social distancing, or are we looking at something more serious in pro football? So I have felt this way that I'm going to describe to you for months and I feel it now. I don't see how they can play football, college or pro. I mean, I, I just don't. Social distancing has been proven to work. You avoid contact with other people. It helps you avoid the virus. Football practice and football games are contact. It's a contact sport. You have people, big people, you know, sweating all over you. Their arms are wrapped around you. Their legs are wrapped around you. They're breathing in your face. It strikes me that football, the way it is conducted, is the recipe for spreading the virus. I just don't know how you do it. Tony, I don't either. And and this is not, nobody's in a bubble. It's not like people are going to be tested no. one day and everyone is under guard for the next week while they practice and scrimmage and do all the stuff that football teams do. No, this is people coming from home or wherever they come from to assemble in close quarters. So I don't know either. 
I mean, I, I really don't. It seems that the risk is unbelievably high. And but I don't think that social distancing in the locker room or meeting rooms is going to address that. What happens when you go to practice? What happens when you're in a huddle? That's, that's my point. I mean, these, these things seem yeah. to all be in conflict with one another. And so when John Harbaugh uses the word humanly impossible, I, I find myself nodding in agreement. But I don't know what the solution is. So we're seeing spikes or even surges now. We're seeing this because of the relaxation of the rules in all the states across the country and because of the protests that brought hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people together in tight quarters in various places throughout the country. Football is all about tight quarters and bodies all yeah. over other bodies. So I yeah. don't know how you do that. Now, you have to you have to relax the rosters. You have to have fluidity of the rosters for this to happen. What I was going to say earlier in the day before I, I knew the extent of the NBA story was let's watch the basketball and the hockey and see how that goes. And maybe that will be a guide. But now I don't even know if we're going to get yeah. to see either of them. I mean, That's I really right. don't. All right, let me move on. Everything's I'll, hard. I'll stay with football. I'll stay with football, um, and I'll go to Pete Carroll. Okay, Pete Carroll, you'll remember that he declined in 2017 to sign Colin Kaepernick. His feeling at the time was, Colin Kaepernick is a starter, and I've got a starter. I've got Russell Wilson. Now, Pete Carroll is talking about the regret of not doing it, and he says it was a mistake not signing Kaepernick. The quote is, when you look back, I feel like we missed the opportunity, unquote. Will Bondu, his explanations make sense to you? Tony, um, I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock at all with Colin Kaepernick. I'll get to some teams that should have been and ought, you definitely should have been. But I, I just listen to people a lot smarter about pro football issues than I am. Lewis Riddick and Dominique Foxworth. And I know they, they put a little heat on Pete Carroll. I'm not. Cause the Seattle Seahawks didn't need Colin Kaepernick. They got Russell Wilson, the guy who plays every snap. Every snap. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't miss any games. He doesn't miss any time. They don't need Colin Kaepernick. I wouldn't even want Colin Kaepernick in because then the first question to Pete Carroll would have been, oh, how are Russell Wilson's feelings about this? Let me talk about some teams that should be getting some heat today. And as you know, I've been putting heat on them for four years. How about my Chicago Bears? How about them? Their quarterback problem has been solved over the last four years. Hell no. How about the Washington Redskins, Tony, at a time where they signed somebody named, I think it was a Josh Johnson, somebody who hadn't thrown a pass in like seven years. They brought him in. So, like, if you talk about the teams that needed an upgrade at the starter position or a really terrific backup, you're talking about 15 to 20 teams in the NFL. Pete Carroll doesn't qualify. So I don't want to spend my time talking about the criticism of Pete Carroll. How about the criticism of these others? Okay, so I'm going to stick with the Pete Carroll thing for a little bit here. Um, and I'm going to say to you that in recent days you have said to me, you know, oh, Tony, you're not a cynic anymore. You used to be a cynic and now I'm the cynic. I'm going to be the cynic right now here. Pete Carroll had Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was better then and is better now than Colin Kaepernick. And he is. He is just a significantly better yes. quarterback. I think that Pete Carroll right now is saying this because it's a really easy thing to say right now. And I think Pete Carroll's 
position is informed right now by everything that has gone on very, very recently. And he probably always liked Colin Kaepernick, and he's a player's coach, and he probably saw the pain that his players had when Colin Kaepernick couldn't get a job. But in terms of football, he should have no regrets because Russell Wilson is a better quarterback. But I'll tell you this. If you want to walk the walk, sign Colin Kaepernick right now. Sign him by 7 o'clock tonight. He can back up Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is the number one quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick is not a starter right now because he hasn't played in four years. Go out and sign him. Who do you have? Geno Smith? Come on. Come on. All right. You can sign Colin Kaepernick if you want him. And it's better for the league. And don't worry about him kneeling because, as we know, everybody's going to kneel. Goodell is going to kneel. Sign him. Right, Mike? Sign him now. I've been saying this. I've been saying this for nearly four years. Sign him. But I, I Seattle ain't got to sign him. There's a whole lot of teams out there that still stink at quarterback. One of you, sign him. We're going to go to baseball, Tony. And no, we're not going to talk about a plan and how many games. We're going to talk about baseball from 1998. This Sunday, ESPN will air the documentary Long Gone Summer, which chronicles the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run chase of 98. A thrilling chase that has since been diminished because of the cloud of PEDs. Tone, with what we know now, is it okay to celebrate that summer? That was a great season. <laughs> that was thrilling every single day. McGuire and now, Sosa were banging them out of there every single day. To such a degree that we looked at each other and we said, this is too good to be true. And it was. They cheated. They cheated. They took Steroids. They took performance-enhancing drugs. The numbers don't count. It is also true to say it was great fun to watch. Two things can be true, Mike. Yeah, both things can be true. And I loved it because I had a horse in the race. The Cubbies were in it. Yeah. And Sosa was leading them. Sosa's, Sosa's four-year four, uh, home run totals. You can't even say they're Ruthian. Because Ruthian didn't even have that many home runs in four years that Sosa had. I went to St. Louis. I was there for the game that McGuire, you know, passed Maris, I guess it was. And it, he and Sosa together. And, you know, McGuire, I don't know. I'm sure this will be detailed. McGuire was churlish. He was immature. He didn't want to be bothered. He was a nuisance. He was borderlining on being a jerk. And I know subsequently Mark McGuire, who's a very nice man, has said, you know, I was uncomfortable. Eh. Sosa carried that thing. People started rooting for Sosa just because he he seemed like he was a great guy. Sosa loved it. He's the one who jumped in McGuire's arms when he didn't get the record. It was great. I loved it. I went to Wrigley. I went to Old Bush. I loved it. And now I'm embarrassed that I loved it because it didn't count. It was a mirage. It was a fraud, Tony, a complete and utter fraud. Is it okay to celebrate it with the, the condition? that you have to almost put on the bottom of the screen, as you say about plaques in Cooperstown for cheaters, on the bottom of the screen and on a run. We subsequently discovered that it was all a fraud. Okay, so let's let's go to Sosa for a second. And your point about Ruth is well taken. Sosa had three times over 60. He had 66, 63, and 64. Ruth yeah. never got over 60. Ruth is the greatest player of all time. Sammy Sosa. Stop. Sammy Sosa's bat 
was so corked that it could float in the Atlantic Ocean. Mark McGuire that summer, I saw him that summer at a baseball at the ballpark with his shirt off. I have I've covered a lot of football, Mike. So have you. I never saw a guy whose chest was this big. You could, in the separation between his rib cages, you could put an eagle. It was it was unbelievable. It was like so crazy. Everything you say is true. This is the thing about drug cheats. Drug cheats look you in the eye and they tell you that they're not cheating. And you believe them because you want to believe them. Because what they do is so thrilling. Everything you said about the corruption of that season is true. It is also true. You and I loved it. And so loved did it. millions of other people. Every second it. of loved it, Tony. It. Wish I had it right now. I think we do, even knowing yes. what we know. Even knowing what we know. Yeah. Is your money not sure what to do with itself right now? At Ally, they'll help it save for the future with their smart savings tools. Bucket your money for the things that matter most. Analyze your spending and save automatically. All on top of a competitive rate. For all things money, you deserve an ally. Visit com slash savings for more info. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. Glasses, yellow legal pad with my own writing that I stumble over all the time, and it's time for the happies. Happy 30th birthday, Drew Holiday. The point guard on the New Orleans Pelicans had a monster game in the last one New Orleans played before Adam Silver shut down the NBA season. 37 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. There was a time when it looked like Holiday and Anthony Davis might become special. But Davis said, that's all, folks, and ended up on the Lakers. Now Holiday has Zion Williamson and reportedly told management he absolutely did not want to be traded. He wanted to stay and see what might happen with Zion. As the NBA widened its net to include 22 teams in the restart, most people assume that is specifically to give Zion a chance to get in the playoffs. So the Pelicans' next eight games, if indeed they're played, may have larger meaning. Holiday made the All-Star team in 2013. His wife, Lauren, who has had health issues, is also an accomplished athlete. She was a starting midfielder on our gold medal Olympic and World Cup winning soccer teams. Whether it happens on a restart or next year or the year after, and I expect it to happen any of those times, Tony, all of them, what David Griffin did with that roster, what Alvin Gypsy's done with that team, I know they got off to a late start. Zion wasn't out there. But Drew Holiday is the heart of it. He's at the center of it. And I want to see that group. I hope they can keep that group together and then augment it as they need to. How can you not want to see the New Orleans Pelicans? And it's not just Zion. Again, Drew Holiday, the heart and soul of that team. Happy anniversary, Alexander Ovechkin. On this day 12 years ago, the great eight became the first player in NHL history to win the Maurice Richard Award for goals scored, the Art Ross Award for points scored, the Hart Trophy for MVP, and what is now the Ted Lindsay Award for most outstanding player all in the same season. That was the first of three MVPs for Ovechkin. 
who has spent considerable time in the shadow of Sidney Crosby in their parallel careers. In recent years, though, Ovechkin has emerged from that shadow, owing largely to winning the Stanley Cup in 2018. And unlike Crosby, who has been injured regularly, Ovechkin is indestructible. As he likes to say, Russian machine never breaks. He was tied for top goal scorer again this season, the ninth time he's done that. He's led the league in goals, Mike, seven of the last eight years. He's got 231 goals in the last five years. At 34, he now has 706 goals. And what was once unthinkable, that anyone could pass Wayne Gretzky's 894 goals, now has Gretzky saying he will be there if Ovechkin can do it. Yeah, Tony, I mean, the words late bloomer aren't used anymore at all in terms of professional sports. It's certainly not the NHL and the NBA. I mean, nobody waits for anything. We had to wait on Ovechkin. He was individually great. And now the team's success has come. You find yourself saying, okay, maybe he's got five or six more years. Maybe he can win two or three more times. But, you know, missing a whole season at 34 or a chunk of it, not a whole season, a chunk and then going forward, we don't know how that's going to affect him either. You're going to love the trails. Happy trails to about half of Nikola Jokic. Someday <laughs> someone will do a comprehensive story about what all the athletes who weren't allowed to play sports during the pandemic were actually doing. We don't have to wait for that piece to see what Nikola Jokic was doing. He was losing weight. Jokic was big and beefy in February. Now he looks like Kristaps Porzingis. Jokic is listed in the Denver Nuggets program at 284. From these pictures, he looks closer to 224. Nuggets president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly, said last week, quote, he sent me a picture, no shirt on. He's got abs. I've never seen his abs before, unquote. Abs are great, I guess. I never had them. But Jokic is imposing for Vanity Fair. He's supposed to keep other guys away from the basket. At 284, he was great at it. Denver was third in the West largely because Jokic was large. Am I the only one wondering if this new body is really the body he needs? No, you're not the only one wondering. Was Shaq better at 280 than he was at 240 or whatever it was in Orlando? Yes, he was better as he got 360. bigger. You got to fend off people, whatever it was. You got to fend people off all the time. This is where, look, I love Jokic. Have you ever seen Jokic play a game, Mr. I'm in bed by 9 Eastern? Have you ever even yes, seen him I play really an NBA game? He's really good, but he was big when I saw him play, and he <laughs> yeah. looks thin now. Looks like a model now. I don't know if that's the way to go.